0: And here we are. It's a big three on a Wednesday. Happy hump day. Why yes. do people say happy hump day? It's I don't a know. Stupid thing to say. It's I down, just said
1: it. It's downhill from like, here.
0: weekends is in sight. You've already fought the uphill battle. Now it's down. But we always say hump day at the beginning of Wednesday when it's really not hump day till the middle of what like the <laughs> at the middle of the show is really hump day. Yes. Right. Cause that's halfway through our work week. I guess that does I don't mean. know. Yeah. yeah. What, when is hump day <laughs> for Kevin Stefanski? Uh, Kevin Stefanski, we're going to hear from him a lot. He was on the Pardon My Take podcast, which – why was that guy wearing sunglasses, by the way, for the whole podcast? Is he that his does. thing? He does.
2: It's his thing. He just wears sunglasses. Okay.
0: I am always weirded out when people wear sunglasses indoors. I think it's odd. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to hear a little bit of – a bunch of Kevin Stefanski, including some of this. Steve, take it.
3: What's the dumbest play you've ever created that either did or didn't work?
4: I mean, it happens every week where you get on the board and you start putting stuff up and you're like – this is that margin of smart to dumb is so <laughs> is. fine. And like, for instance, Andy Reid, first bout Hall of Fame coach, Super Bowl winner. Unbelievable. Like the stuff he does in the red zone that like I can't do that. You know, you, you have to win. A, you have to have a ring before you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ring around the rosy. Yes. And yeah. So <laughs> Candy. ass. As fun. Yeah. As fun as that is for the players. For us, when it comes to trick plays, that's always like that fine line. Like if this doesn't work. I'm gonna boo myself. Yeah, and there was a game this year playing the Bengals on uh, Sunday night or Monday night. Uh, maybe it's yeah Sunday. Monday, I think Monday. The one night. You won. It was Halloween. Yeah, Monday night. It was Monday yeah. night Halloween, and we had a pass that Amari Cooper threw. And it was – we hand the ball to Nick Chubb. He pitched it to Amari. Amari's rolling out. We had a receiver running down the boundary. Amari, their linebacker sniffed it out, is getting ready to hit Amari. Amari's trying to throw it away, and it goes directly to Von Bell, like between the two and the four, like perfect interception right to him. And I'm like – the, the boost, I wanted to boo myself. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I probably should have known. We try to give those trick plays names, and we called that Michael Myers. Oh, Halloween. Halloween. I like, like that. Maybe don't Spooky. name plays after, like, serial killers. Yeah, that got yeah. you. That was, a le- that was a lesson learned. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right, well, we obviously, we were all uh, apoplectic about that play, guys. That's just a taste uh, of look, what we're going to hear from Stefanski later. Hey,
5: look, look, look at this, man. Kevin <laughs> Stefanski congratulations to you and your organization. Obviously, you listen to your boy G. Bush. Obviously, you listen to the big homie over here because I've been telling you, it looks like you guys just went to a seminar. You went to a seminar about inter- interpersonal communication and about how well you can come off. If you just give people a little bit, making people laugh, make people laugh. <laughs> you can disarm people. And look, you, you and now you're going on a podcast. Matter of fact, you even skipped the media. You just went to the podcast world, yeah. and you're telling jokes. Your beard is lined up. You got you don't got a hat on. You're just out here just being a, a regular old just. He's a coach's coach now, huh? Yeah,
0: I mean that we got to get like now that it's the new and improved Kevin Stefanski. I'd love to have him on the show. Yeah, likely come on the show with him,
2: right? Sure. Just
5: sitting here with us. That's the highest podcast version. Oh. You, talk, of
0: you talk about a laid back
1: show. Yeah, you know, come Man. on out here. We got some things. That is
2: the number one sports podcast in the world, by the way how they do stupid numbers those guys are popular they do you know what i can criticize
0: them but i i don't haven't really listened i don't don't say that to be provocative or that they
2: stink or anything obviously they don't stink because they're very popular i haven't heard it they combine sports and comedy in a way that really no one else does well good for they're big and i'm a big pmt fan the best thing they do is what you just saw they make guys who you don't open up a lot to right. regular media situations feel very comfortable yeah and the first thing and we'll play this later but the very first thing that happened in the interview was hey coach nice to meet you i want to read you a tweet i had about you from two years ago and he called him yeah. an effing idiot right and you can hear it well it came off really good and i think we
0: do that well it's much easier to do that with somebody in person yes well, we've had people in studio like if you're talking to somebody on camera it's a little harder to do that although we try Certainly when you're on the radio interviewing somebody it's really impossible to get that kind of connection. It's much easier when someone's in person. Speaking of a person Tyvis is here. He's back He's back, back. Yeah, bro. Where you been at? He's been parachuting. Come on now.
1: I, I was zip lining first of all, which was an incredible experience. It was something yeah. that I never got to do before and I really enjoyed it. You know, <laughs> the first time you do it because we had 13 zip lines we had to do. And it was one of those events that I didn't sign what do you mean up. Mean you had to do. I had to do it because they signed the crew signed me up. What if you were like too scared to do it? I don't know. You would have had to just you face your refused, right? I don't know. See, I'm a man. I'm a man of the people. Okay, if they if I you want G to, he was the man. Of the nah, people. Nah, he's the people's champ. Uh, <laughs> I,
5: I, I'm not She's getting peer
1: If they wanted, if they wanted me to do it, then yeah. I'm going to do it. So we did 13 zip lines. The first one. It that's the thing, okay. Yeah. As I've gotten older in my life, I'm more. I've become more of a why not guy. As mm-hmm. a kid, I used to be like, "Oh no, that's cautious." Right. Now I'm like, "Let's do it," you know. Right. I, I go skydiving. He Let's ch- do it. Choo- you yeah. choose a
5: time that you got two little kids. Yeah, to be a why not
0: guy.
1: Yeah, you gotta you gotta <laughs> teach your kids to be fearless. You okay. Know? If they wanted something in life, were the kids just, with just... you on the? No, oh. no. <laughs> this is the first time me and my wife had a, a getaway without the kids since they was oh, born. They stay with her parents. Yeah. Oh, this nice. was uh it was nice. That's nice. It was real nice. Me and All her right. really got to rekindle, you yes, know. Man, not nice. that the flame was gone, but well, we got to Rekindling. show we got to show that the love is still there. Yeah.
5: was <laughs> T- <laughs> T- in there getting tied up. <laughs> She's like, yeah, let me show what I
2: learned. <laughs> oh, man. On that note, Mikey a man, has been tied
0: up more than anybody I know. Here he is, Mikey
2: McNuggets. Yeah, we're talking about some spicy stuff. Bulls yeah. Bet Tonight brings the heat, if you know what I mean. And it's brought Ooh. to us by Ooh. Bet Rivers. Hey, Ohio, BetRivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be for every single game now. Right now, not in two minutes, right now Yes, is the perfect time to join BetRivers Sportsbook. When you use deposit code SPORTS, you'll receive a second-chance bet up to 500 bucks. It's free money. Get on all the action with weekly specials on your favorite sports like basketball and hockey. To help you win big, check out BetRivers.com. Download the BetRivers app today. For the latest, lines, odds, and boosts. And by the way, I'm
0: doing two podcasts for Bet Rivers. Uh,
2: my, so, the bullpen with the
0: with Adam the Bull Dang. has moved over to Bet Rivers. That's my national sports podcast, which will be out every Wednesday and Friday. I'll have one, the first one out this afternoon. I recorded it this morning. And then, the Bull in Cleveland. Uh, is every Monday and eventually be every Thursday as well. So we're doing two podcasts for Bet Rivers. I'm excited about that. Here's the bet of the day. Mikey, yesterday's bet was a season long, so no winner or loser. I'm taking the heat on the money line. I don't even know why the Cavs are favored in this game, honestly. The Cavs have been terrible on the road. Miami's won 21 of their last 22 at home. Is anybody, uh, Mikey, can you
2: explain why the Cavs are a slight favorite in this game? I think just because overall they're probably a slightly better team than Miami, but if you're getting plus sign on Miami in Miami, I don't know, I Miami, didn't understand that. I
0: was like, is I someone, like it, Yeah. I was like, is there a key guy for Miami not playing? Uh, Jimmy Butler is not playing. That, not so. that I know.
2: Ke- I, my buddy I, works for the Heat, and he didn't tell me anything. So. How
1: How is Kevin Love doing since he's been there? Very up, up and
2: down. down. I Very actually think he's
0: down. questionable tonight, Kevin Love. But obviously, Bruce Rips.
1: Well, I mean, if if he's out on the floor, whoever. Che- whoever's checking him or whoever
0: Kevin loves checking is getting the ball from the cast cause they know what it yeah. is. Uh, Guys yeah. yesterday was um, was the deadline to um, do the franchise contract. And we'll get mm-hmm. to that with what happened with Lamar in a second. But I gotta tell you a quick story about what happened to me yesterday. Mm-hmm. So speaking of basketball, my son comes home from school yesterday. He's like, dad, can we go play basketball Mm -hmm. and I'm like, all right, you know, I was coaching, but but like, I can't like, I can't really play basketball. I'm not in great shape, but I'm like, okay, my son wants to play. We'll go down. So we, so he wanted to play outside. I'm like, it's freaking freezing out here. I'm not playing outside. (laughs) I'm not 20 years old anymore. So we go to the, the rec center that I belong to in my town and the gym's pretty empty at first. The gym's empty. It's just him and I in there. So we're playing one on one, right? To what? What was 11? Okay. All right, no two pointers. Oh, no. shooting. Oh, you went straight. Over I'm not school. shooting that yeah. anyway. But uh anyway, he he did good. But I beat him 11-9, 11-8 in two okay. games.
1: Okay, okay. So Once you, he
0: got close, I would play a little harder on defense. Like, <laughs> As I'm you not, should. But I'm not in great shape, so I, I, I'm not moving around that. Would you follow him, son? Would you follow him? He was bi- well. That was part of the game. He's allowed to do whatever he wants, basically, to me. He can foul him. He. Bet, uh, the only thing I made him stop doing is he was pulling down my arms while I was trying to dribble. I'm like, you can't do that. But he's like basically punching me in the back. Oh, like yeah. All kinds of stuff to try to get the ball. But I was using my body. And I was yeah. pushing him to the basket. So anyway, but I can't shoot worth to save my life. But I would get the rebound, put it back at the rebound. Yeah. But eventually I beat him. But here's the thing. Quick, funny story. So eventually as we're there, some of these kids are getting home from school. They're coming to the gym. And there was like this group of young teenage. I don't know how old they were. If I had to guess, I'd say they were like 14, 15, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bunch of boys, like eight or 10 of them. And I heard a couple times one kid like scream. And it sounded like a girl screaming. And I don't say that because girls are more likely to scream. It just sounded like a girl's voice. Like a, a pitch. pitch. A yeah. higher pitch. So eventually one of the kids was on the sideline. And, I, and I, he's, he was warming up near where my son and I were playing. And I said to this guy, I was like, is there something wrong with this kid that he's screaming like that? Is he, it's like? I thought maybe he was like, He had some sort of mental condition or whatever. He's like, no, he just does that.
5: He just screams. And
0: so once I knew there was nothing wrong with him, I was like, okay, well, now he's got to shut the F up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the next time he did it, I walked to their court and I said, time out, time out, time out. You, 40, I called the kid 49ers because he has a 49er t shirt Mm on. I said, 49ers, stop screaming. And he He stopped. (laughs) He did. He did it like one or two other times, but he had done it like. Every ten seconds, basically. Oh man! Like, what is this kid doing? That's unacceptable. Unacceptable. While playing the game, while like when he would shoot or like it was so weird. I don't know what was happening. Maybe that was just. And the other kid, his like buddy was like, or one of the other kids there was like, yeah, it's really annoying, but. You know, I so know.
1: maybe he was doing it to like throw off the, the person's job. I don't know, but I was I like, don't. this
0: kid's got to shut the F up already. I don't care if he's a teenager. Love his energy. Good good
1: love, his, love his energy. He needs to use it while, yeah. while playing on defense or something I could, like
0: that. And there was one kid playing, because I watched him play a little bit when we were like between breaks. This one kid was really good. It was all like tall, skinny kids, and this one kid was like, breaking ankles with these other kids. I don't know his name. But anyway, go ahead, Mikey. What do, you, what do you got?
2: I'm saying, is he breaking ankles like Lamar Jackson, who may or may not be a Raven next year?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting situation, guys. Man. I talked about this yesterday, how it's so weird how people react to Lamar Jackson. I, people are, like, really angry that Lamar Jackson has not been – I don't know, why do, why do other people – I can understand Lamar Jackson being angry about the situation. Yeah. Maybe even Lamar Jackson's teammates mm-hmm. being angry about the, I don't understand why fans are like non Ravens fans are angry about Lamar Jackson. This is business, Yeah. right? Like people were screaming collusion already. Now, maybe they are going to like, it, it could be, it, it could be. It might be, it but be. <laughs> these teams haven't even a chance. It, it is weird that within an hour, one hour of him being given the franchise tag, non-exclusive so teams can mm-hmm. negotiate with him, that four reports come out about four different quarterback needy teams that are not interested. Now, personally, I don't believe those reports mm-hmm. because what's the? why does it benefit Atlanta to say that they're interested? You, I mean, you never want to seem overly aggressive, right? Yeah. Uh, I think the thing is, though, we could see collusion in this situation. It could happen because it's crazy that these teams wouldn't be interested Yeah, because like, Lamar Jackson isn't, like, worse, the seventh or eighth best quarterback in the league. Yeah. But the league, obviously, a lot of these teams were pissed that Watson got... All his money guaranteed, Mm -hmm. and they don't want that to be a precedent. Now I don't even think it is a precedent, because Kyler Murray didn't get everything guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Now all these quarterbacks that just signed the last couple of days, now they're not in that level of quarterback. But Daniel Jones, Geno, and Derek Carr, they didn't get everything guaranteed. Mm -mm. I don't know what's going to happen with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert here, who are eligible for extensions now. So they made like. Mm But I wonder, if you're Lamar, like, Lamar's obviously feeling pissed at the Ravens. There's no doubt, right? And I get it. If I were him, I'd be pissed, too. If I were the Ravens, I would want to see him one more year because he's been injured. But if I'm Lamar, I'm pissed for me personally. You wonder, if another team did go after him, do you think he would take a a big money contract that wasn't 100% guaranteed from another team because that team has not previously insulted him? Yep. I, I think he's done.
5: He's played. He's played his last game in uh, in Baltimore. Um, there's two reasons why. Th- th- he looks at it like this. Hey, I'm 26 years old. I know Kyler Murray didn't get everything guaranteed, but he got 189 guaranteed. And he's right. done nothing. He's like 23 and 24. Lamar way better. Way better. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers got 50 million dollars and he's like 38 or not 39. Now, right. in
0: fairness, he was coming off an MVP season. He, he back was. To back. He yeah. was.
5: Yeah. But that's a lot of money to guarantee an old An old guy, an old guy yeah. right? Yeah. And so he's looking at it like this. Hey, I'm more accomplished than Deshaun Watson. I haven't missed as many games as Deshaun Watson. I have none of the off-field, uh, off-field baggage or anything with Deshaun Watson. And he feels a certain type of way because he feels like they playing him twice. Remember when he came out, they said he was a receiver, right? Yep. People weren't going to draft him. He, he, he got, if you look at it, he got picked all the way at the end of the first round. Yeah. right. So he feels some type of way right there. Like, okay, y'all told me I wasn't good. Y'all told me I was a to play receiver. I came out and proved myself. Not only did I win an MVP, I've won 75% of the games that I played while I've been on the field. I'm the entire offense. You haven't got me any receivers. Matter of fact, you traded my best receiver. That's true. And I'm here putting on for the city and you're upset at me because you want me to come back early from injury. Well, maybe if you would have gave me my money, I would have considered doing that. No, he would have. He would he have come back. But now it's like, no, it, you obviously want me. You don't want me to that level because here's the thing. If you would have said this about four other quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, they'd already signed the deal. Josh Allen would have already signed the deal. Uh, you know, Mahomes, all of the big time quarterbacks, they would have already given him whatever he wanted and they'd have been on to something different. And here's the thing it's not like they can't restructure the deal like, like Deshaun Watson's. It's not like Deshaun Watson's deal is going to cost the Browns not to get nobody. They, they give you the contract the first year, and they just keep restructuring it. So it's not even a, a thing where it, it's going to prohibit the Baltimore Ravens from doing anything. He's just looking at it as principle. Like, y'all ain't even close to where we want to get to, and you don't. I feel like you don't value me in that way.
1: Divers? Well, if you look, it's, it's a, a lot of ways you can look at it. You know, they're mad at they're mad at Lamar for for taking the business aspect, and then in return, they took the business aspect with giving him the non-exclusive franchise tag or whatever it's called. You guys think he didn't play in that playoff game because he hadn't gotten paid? No, I I think he didn't play. In, I think he uh, he could have. It, it he could, could have played. Could. Now it, would he have been Lamar Jackson? Absolutely not. It, but if right. I'm paid and my money's secure, what's the harm of going uh, out there and, and at least okay. giving the threat right. to the other team right. that I'm okay. still there? You know, right. they still have to game plan for me because you. you don't know what Lamar you're going Fair. to get. Fair. So that's the, th- the part. If he was paid, he probably would have went out there and played. The fact that he wasn't paid, nobody go out there and risk getting hurt even more. Like that makes no sense. So he took the business part, and now they responded by doing the business thing by saying, "Hey." If somebody else want to give us two first round picks for this guy we'll take it and then baltimore on top of that they, they went to the playoffs this year obviously he missed a, a nice chunk of this season that defense is always going to keep them in games if somebody's going to give baltimore two first round picks for lamar jackson they should take those two first round picks get the rest of that offense get those wide receivers together and then address the quarterback situation next year and i think that's the smart way to do but i'm not mad I'm not mad at both sides. I think both sides are doing
0: the right thing business-wise. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I'm not like mm. I, it, the the Lamar situation is is one of the most unique situations we've ever seen in the NFL because when he's right, he's one of the best quarterbacks. I mean, in the just NFL. take his first couple of games. This he was right. unbelievable. Right. But he but the problem is since he won the MVP, he hasn't played consistently at that level. You know why? Because his running backs hasn't been good. So
1: what's been happening is when he was at an MVP level, he had yeah. two good running backs. And it was the threat of the yeah. run game and trying to stop him in the run game and the passing game. When well, you don't got that, he's taking everything on his shoulders. Now I'm the main quarterback and running back.
0: So right. that's why he's not being able to finish well, this season. That was the case too, in 21. I well, agree with you. Uh, but I, in 20, he had his, he had his running back. There, was J.K.? playing.
5: Yeah, JK diamonds came back somewhere during the middle of the season. He came okay, back. Yeah. And then this
0: year he had, they had good a good running game. This Gus year. got hurt now, and JK wasn't a hundred percent. No, but he played well at the end. Well, I guess by that point, he, yeah, I, yeah, there. yeah. but listen, it's fair to talk about the wide receivers, but independently of that, like if you want and I because I'm so obsessed with fantasy football and I've had Lamar on one of my I can, main fantasy places. And because the Ravens play the in the AFC North, I watch almost every Ravens game. You do, too. like, clearly watching him, even when he was healthy the last two years, he wasn't as good. That doesn't mean he was bad. Mm -hmm. It just means he wasn't as good as the guy we saw win an MVP, at least in my opinion, watching him play all the time. So when you look at Lamar, part of me says, well, I got to pay him because he's better than three quarters of the quarterbacks in the league. He's, uh, as you said, our entire offense, like, The Ravens' offense will be absolute trash next year.
1: Trash. It's interesting though because now they have a new offensive coordinator who's
0: an air raid type of guy. But they have no quarterback, no wide receivers. It ain't got nothing. You know, I I mean, they got a a nice tight end and decent running backs, pretty good running backs. But I mean, but on the other hand, if I'm a team, I'm like, well, he's missed the end of the season two years in a row. Mm -hmm. He hasn't played quite as well. I'd love to see him put together one more full year yeah. before I pay him a ton of money, especially because like with Daniel Jones, right? Daniel Jones, not nearly as good as Lamar Jackson. Not at all. I would have never wanted to pay Daniel. if he got paid, but at that, least that guy in behind the glass was he might have been a little bit forward, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the contract, the Giants can get out of his deal after two years. Mm-hmm. Essentially, he's got a two-year tryout. Yeah. And in two years, the Giants will decide. Yes, he's our guy, and now we got him by that point. If he continues to get better, we got him at a decent rate for the last two years. Mm-hmm. And if he's not our guy, well, we were going to at least keep him for one more year anyway. They, yeah. they would have franchised him yep. or whatever. So we only had to pay him for one extra year. But in Lamar's case, even though his baseline is much higher than Daniel Jones, like with the Watson contract, if Watson ends up being a disaster here, that contract's a disaster because they can't get out of it. Mm-hmm. And it would be the same thing if you're locked in long term. But the high and the low of Lamar, from like when he's right to when he's injured and has missed so much time, it's the and difference. his game le- tends—you know—the more you run, the more you're going to get hurt. Correct. I mean, no yeah. matter who you are, and you even look at look at Cam Newton, right? Like Cam Newton, who's built like a Mack truck.
2: Yeah.
0: But he ran a lot. He did. And look at him, his career R- was completely off the hill. Rg3. The, R- but at least Cam, like Cam Newton, was good for a while. Yeah. The Rg3 was good for one year. Yeah. Like Cam Newton was good for, what, eight but, years, but ten to, years? But to be
1: fair on this one, yeah. though, with, with the Lamar thing, yeah. it's not just him. You when you look at the injury of the Baltimore Ravens, yeah. their wide receivers get hurt every year. That's at true. some point, that organization has to look at the strength coach and say, what are we doing that we can't stay healthy? I think they were one of the most, they had the mo- one of the most guys on IR this past mm-hmm.
0: season. Well, right? and the year before yeah. the year before yeah. defense. Yeah, that's no, what no, I'm
1: saying. So at some point you got to look at the strength staff and say, what are we doing in the off season to get these guys, why aren't their bodies able to sustain that many games? That because that's a problem. Yeah. And and Rashad Bateman, I think he got on Twitter and he just went after the Ravens right, organization right. on Twitter like a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. They're and a mess right now. Yeah, and he was saying that every y'all need to stop blaming the wide receiver because I guess they asked them. Well, they, the GM the GF, said yeah. something about we don't have Man, good look, wide receivers I'm and so, tell you, I'm tell so you. yeah. So the, yeah, the, the Baltimore Ravens, right? If I'm Lamar, I might not even want to be there because it's yeah, just well, not good. I mean,
5: they've been riding off. Let's be clear, they've been writing off the coattails of Ozzie Newsom for years. Yeah, you see, these guys be at you didn't draft Ogden and and Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. You didn't draft <laughs> well, these guys. Still <laughs> in the there, right? I, but but they, they got another <laughs> dude up there that's calling the shots. Yeah. And how many people did you see on the Ravens ever call Ozzy out?
0: Well zero. They were, no, they were always good when yeah, I was It really. was
5: always great. And I think I think the thing that we're missing here, and I'm I'm excited for the Ravens. I want y'all to do this. See, y'all got cocky. Aditi comes on and she praises the Baltimore Ravens and she like, man, she loves the Ravens. And you know what? <laughs> They're traditionally a good organization, but right now they did wrong. You know why they did wrong? Because they think that they got the lucky pick. They think they got the, the mojo because they think they can draft quarterbacks better than everybody. Y'all looked up and got Flacco. Now y'all got Lamar Jackson right
0: after that guess what? That's that's cute to think yeah. you think go back into the draft again and, and, and see what you get. I don't even think Flacco was that good. The he year got, they won the Super Bowl, he played great in the playoffs. He got him overall Overall, his uh, career, He's I think he, he's an average He got Flacco him to Super Bowl. Really Joe, Joe
5: Flacco beat the Cleveland Browns. He, he beat <laughs> so them. So, so my thing
0: is they
5: think you better than everybody else. Try, t- 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 trust I think us. they're going to suck this year trust
1: if us. Lamar doesn't play. See, right. I don't, I'm, not necessarily, I'm not necessarily
5: ready to say that. That well, deep. who's going
1: to be their quarterback? Okay. If it's
2: Huntley, then it'd be, it would be – Let's continue this for a second. Go, go ahead, Mikey. What do you yeah, got? Yeah, real quick. Flacco played so well during that playoff stretch because he discovered Built Bars right before the postseason of began. Of course he did. Started house in Built Bars, yeah. gave him that elite arm strength. That's true. And even though he signed a massive contract with the Ravens after that, he was still using promo code LOCKDOWN15 at Built.com for Built Bars. Question real quick, and this is, I think, where I wanted this conversation to get to, and I yeah. think we're in the prefaces of it. But yeah. do you think Andrew Barry, when he signed Deshaun Watson last year, New and unintended or intended consequence of fully guaranteeing that deal is that the Ravens may not be able to pay Lamar what he wants because of it. The I, Bengals I think, may not be able to par. What I do think, you guys think about that?
0: I, I, the idea that the Bengals won't pay Joe Burrow is laughable to me. I know Mike Brown. You have to have the capital in real dollars. The re, the reason the Bengals sold stadium naming rights last year was to pay Joe Burrow. Yeah. They're paying Joe Burrow. There's no doubt about it. I mean, if I'm wrong about that, I'll I'll apologize and I'll Jeez. call for Mike Brown to sell the team. But that's not going to happen. I agree. So if they, if I Joe Burrow don't get paid, he gets They tell him and What is. about
2: Jackson to take out Burrow though. What about Jackson? I, I is, don't is think is Watson's th- contract running Lamar out of Baltimore. I think yes. it has
0: definitely yes, yes. But I don't think they were thinking about that. <laughs>
1: yeah, hey, I don't think that when the Browns put the pen when, with Deshaun, they didn't say, "We're going to do this so they Lamar like, get we gotta out." We got to get this quarterback yeah, no matter what. Yeah, it is. that's I yeah. came
0: into this
5: game <laughs> saying one thing. Yeah. Only 10 about 10 teams are trying to win period. It's only 10 teams any given year, actively trying to win. And this deal shows you that people are actively trying to win because Correct. if they were actively trying to win, there's nowhere in the universe that Lamar Jackson does not make the Baltimore Ravens a better team with him on the roster. I agree. So if you're punting yeah. on that and you saying it's the money, it's the money, it's the money, how you complaining about money? Don't y'all get $89 billion? You got Apple, Amazon, Amazon. TV rights everywhere. How are you? How is it that the, the, the owners do a great job of, of really doing this to people every all way all over the place? They tell you they don't got it. They allude to it. They keep saying it over and over and over again because they own the media. They own all the people, all the high price hosts. Well, they can't pay that. Well, they can't do this. And they tell you people they don't have the money. To it, do what
0: to pay to pay Lamar Jackson. Of course, they have the money. No, to they pay. got of the money to course. pay. They don't them. want to guarantee it all because and that's essentially that's the play. That's point. what it is right the here. Players. It's the players. The, the NFL players union had to hold out to make sure all contracts were guaranteed and they haven't done that. Well, it's, it, it, it's, a, a,
1: it's a lot more to just that. It's a lot. Well, more. I know it's very it's, complicated. It, yeah, it's sure, more to it's that. It's
0: crazy that <laughs> baseball players and basketball players m- guarantee money they, and football players. Well, they, can't, well, uh, so they, they cannot give me one reason why contracts are guaranteed. Well, they I'm, well, I'm going to tell you one I'm going to tell you because I,
1: I had this conversation yeah. with a guy who's on the NFLPA. He said that. For if you want to get you get you can get guaranteed contracts, but like I said, you got to give up something. So we'll give you guaranteed contracts. We'll make sure that if you on the roster, your money is there. But guess what the moment we cut you. We ain't give you no health care after for five years. We ain't taking care of none of your medical beers. None of that stuff. Would you take that deal? The, well, why the, you? Why you planning as a fifty-three person on our roster? Your money is a hundred percent guaranteed, but the day we cut you, we'll owe you nothing see, else. Here's the payoff so what do you? What would you? Would it, you take that me, deal?
5: Let me tell you this. But the payoff is this: y'all only y'all ain't getting it after five years anyway. Yeah, we only get it five years. So so they told you we gonna cut your money yeah. and only your your health issues come when you're older. Yes. Why yes. they cut you? Your first five years, we'll give you health care, but yeah, I'm, I'm 30 years old. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to need no help in 30 years. I months. agree. The owners
0: are never hurting for money. Even, never. Even Correct. The- poor owners. Yeah, the lower money, they, but
1: it's but it's just so much. It's so much giving, pool given taking. this yeah. whole thing. You want guaranteed contracts, but you got to give up something and they give it the pensions is gone. We don't owe, you know, pension at 55 like that's gone. We give you all the money I, I, now, but we ain't give you no I, money I, at 55 I, my, or 65 or whatever. A cra- it here's is. a
5: crazy part about it. So the, the NFL makes more money than baseball and basketball. Yeah, so how is it that football teams can't afford and make the most but they can't afford pension and guaranteed deals. Right.
0: They don't want to. And by the way, oh, that, oh, they, they don't they, they want don't to. Want That's that. what they I'm don't want. In. I'm this not players, saying they can't. They the don't want would to. have to fight for it. Yeah. Like and be willing to sit out all season, have, Yeah. Yeah. Which would ne- is never going to happen. Nope. The players' union's never been able to do that. No. Nope. The problem is there's too many players that make the league minimum mm-hmm. and are afraid they're never going to play. Correct. And to me, the pension is important for those guys. Yeah. Right. If Who cares about Tom Brady's pension? He made zillions of dollars. You know, I mean, but whatever. Anyway, quick question. We're going to have Malcolm Jenkins, two-time Super Bowl champ, three-time All-Pro with the Eagles and the Saints. He's going to join us in a couple minutes. If if, if Lamar's gone for the Ravens, do we assume that Snoop is the quarterback for the Ravens? Is he the starter?
5: Is that Tyler Huntley? That's his
0: nickname, Snoop
5: we not calling him that. I'm not to say Pro I ain't calling no, no, call no. him, that.
2: we'll call him. No, no. <laughs> the back of his Pro Bowl jersey did say, I, We don't please. care no. if
5: his mama called him that. <laughs> We're going call him it. Clay. Yeah. Is he
1: the
0: starter? starter? <laughs> you star- think he's the starter? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> they don't how have many a- games, without knowing what else the Ravens will do in free agency or whatever, obviously a draft, what, if he's the starter next year, how many games do the Ravens Six. win? Six. Are they win?
1: Yeah. Ah! Uh, <laughs> I'm six. not ready to say six. I don't. Know. It's 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 difficult to say because they get a new OC in there. I don't know right. what their offense that is my, going to look like. If he's doing the pass thing, then they ain't gonna win too much. Five, many. if they pass yeah. in the raw. <laughs> they get, like with him, you have to run the ball, and that, and he yeah. basically have to turn into a two-headed monster Man. quarterback. And but running what's back. your
0: prediction? Let's go. You gotta give us a prediction. With six, a good
1: with six. a good defense, they always got a chance. I give them, I give them 500. Six, well, five hundred. Well, it can't, ain't no five hundred. Eight. Eight eight, game, six games.
0: I'm going five wins for the Ravens. Five, and I, wouldn't I, give be, eight. I wouldn't be mad at that either. Yeah. Go I'm ahead. curious
2: what Betjack would set the line on the Ravens over under. Five and for a wins half. If Lamar isn't back. And speaking of Betjack, we might as well half. tell you that Betjack is the official sportsbook of Ohio. Are you looking for the ultimate sportsbook? Well, Betjack's the answer. Sports betting is now live in Ohio. You can download the Betjack app today and have skin in every game, anywhere, anytime. It's BetJack. Ohio sportsbook. As soon as Malcolm Jenkins is here, we'll bring him in. Right. But let's keep this convo going until Malcolm's ready to hop in. Was he on? Was he on the cruise?
1: No, he wasn't on the cruise.
0: Who were? Who was there? Somebody you hadn't met before? The like uh, another player? No, because usually the people that's on the guys. You know what? Some of the current
1: players came this year. This oh, was okay. the first time ever that they actually had current players. Oh there. really? Yeah, they had Tommy. Eichenberg, the middle linebacker, Steel Chambers, the outside linebacker. A have a better football yeah. name than Steel Chambers? Emeka, nope. Emeka Ibuka, case Stover, and um, Cameron Babs.
5: Man, you pull up on somebody in the club, what's your name, Steel?
1: <laughs> well, that's it. So, what we found out is yeah. that Steel is actually his middle name. Oh. Oh
5: okay. Oh that's his middle name. Yeah. It uh, sounds like
0: his porn star name. It is. Like that's a good it's a good football player <laughs> name and it's a good porn star <laughs> name. Steel Chambers. Well why do you
2: say that right before we bring in a new guest, man? <laughs> Two times a steel.
0: Lexington I mean, and Steel. I mean I that they, you, they told him that the going to be offended by that. I hope I didn't no, offend No, I'm just
2: yeah. saying that's the he just logged in the first thing he hears is you he talking Me about talking porn about names. Come steel on. Chambers being a porn I didn't, star.
0: I did not know. I mean, I doesn't that, that sound like a porn star? Yes,
1: like I can see like I wonder NIL, he might he might got a deal. See? He might get a deal I like that.
0: It's Malcolm Jenkins. There he is.
5: <laughs> the Malcolm comes in. He listen. He's an activist. Yeah, know, he's right a community. <laughs> what did he get into here? He Malcolm is a he. Listen. He activist. here
0: in the community. He ain't playing I'm talking no about games. porn star And this dude here. comes in here talking about steel and all this other. I mean, oh. it does steel. That is a good football name though, don't it you think? Man? Steel Chamber is a good name. Good. It, it's entertainment. It's is meant <laughs> for entertainment. Let's just put it that way.
1: <laughs> it, <laughs> it certainly is. It's not it's not his real first name. So it doesn't really What well, uh, is his real first I name. forgot what they said, but yeah. it's not uh, Cl- it's Cl- Clarence. Is
2: it Clarence? No, that, just a, uh, that's just no, that's
0: that's really yeah. Hey Malcolm, thank you so much for joining us. Um, so much to get into with you. Uh, let's start with this. We just had a conversation. Yep. We've obviously been talking about Lamar Jackson here for about the last twenty minutes, and we made all our predictions. That if Tyler Huntley, these guys refuse to call him Snoop, even though it's his nickname. No. Uh, if Tyler Huntley is the starting quarterback for the Ravens, Tyvis said the Ravens win eight games. G. Bush said they'd win six games. I said they'd win five games with him as the starter as opposed to Lamar. What's your best prediction on that?
3: I mean, I can't call a, a number of games, but I, I think the consensus is that the Ravens are not as good a football team without Lamar Jackson. Uh, at the helm. I think that's what we can all agree on. Yeah, uh, you know, whether whether that takes you for five, six seven uh, games is still losing, you know, at the yep. end of the day. Um, I think that's what I don't think anybody predicts predicts them to get better without them.
5: You know, you know Malcolm, I'm looking at this situation and if you're Lamar Jackson, you got to Don't you look around and say, hold on, let me get this right. So I said I was a receiver at first. I came into the league. I, I, I lost a lot of money because I didn't get drafted in the top. Fifteen or so. I'm late first round pick. I come in, show you what I could do. I've won an MVP. I I have a 75 percent winning percentage when I'm on the field. I am the offense. You haven't got me no receivers. My running back's been dinged up. Can you? He has to be sitting here thinking like, well, do you guys believe in me or you don't believe in me? Um, do you think this is something that that goes to you know whether he's going to be there long term? if he does not sign this or does not report, or do you think he's he's destined to go somewhere else?
3: Well, I think hopefully by by the time he's gotten to this point, he's made up in his mind what's most important to him, right? And I think he has to realize that this is just business. So Mm -hmm. while you can stack all of these things up on a table, that doesn't mean that they're going to move and he has to be okay with that. So as long as he knows who he is, I think then, then whatever happens happens because the reality is he's getting ready to set the precedent for the, the environment of the league going forward, you know, representing himself, doing it the way that he did, betting on himself and, and the style of play is going to set the market for everybody who's behind him. So we can't go into this expecting him to get, you know, the red carpet laid out for him. That he's not going to have resistance or his value is not going to be challenged. He's just going to have to stand on it. And, uh, you know, hopefully that works out in his favor.
1: Malcolm. First of all, I wanted to tell you, thank you for coming on this show. Um, our executive producer said <laughs> that you are one of his favorite Eagles to play. So sh- Steve Becker. Huge I, Eagles yeah, fan. Yeah, Steve, Steve Becker. Go I ahead. handled that for you. Um, transitioning to the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, you know, we just got uh, Jim Schwartz as the defensive coordinator. You play for Jim Schwartz and he credits you as one of his favorite players. Um, tell us about his defense and what we can expect to see next year for the Cleveland Browns.
3: Yeah, the, my favorite thing about Jim was his, his ego, you know, he was able to check and that's very, very hard for somebody uh, who's as decorated as he is. I mean, I played for a lot of coordinators who really only know their way of playing defense. And and one of his things, uh, which helped me a lot, um, and, and we work well with this was our versatility, his ability to see what, ha- what he has at his disposal and build a defense that complements that. So we started off in a single high defense, you know, where it put a lot of pressure on the corners, but gave us, you know, we were really good against the run and, and really solid in the middle of the field. Um, and with injuries on the outside, he was able to change that to where the we still presented the same thing to the offense, but it was more of a cover two shell or roll defense that gave our corners some relief, but still allowed us to be stout. So it starts with up front, and when you got a, a, a guy like Miles out there uh, who can who can rush the passer, it's going to start with those four guys up front uh, being able to get pressure, and then he'll build the coverage off of that based off of the skill set that he has available to him.
0: Malcolm, here's the important question: How is Rutgers ever going to get good at football? You grew up in their backyard. You went to high school in the backyard of Rutgers, and you didn't even you were like Rutgers. Forget it. I'm going to Ohio State. They're never going to be good, are they? Well, I mean,
3: th- I think you're on to it. It's just keeping the the homegrown talent staying yeah. in New Jersey. I think if you look at my my class alone, uh, the 2005 um, Jersey high school class, we had about six first rounders. And I think only maybe one of them went to uh, Rutgers. I think yeah. it was Kenny Britt. Um, Kenny so, Brent, yeah. you know, you had 40 twins, myself, uh, Brian Cushing, BJ Raji, mm-hmm. Sean Green, him, yeah. Joe Sean Marino, all these guys all Jersey
0: and they're all over the country. Mm. So
3: if they can figure out how to keep them home. We'll be all right.
0: We're talking with Malcolm Jenkins. And, you know, you win two Super Bowls in your career, obviously, one with New Orleans, one with Philadelphia. I, admit, I feel like this is a crazy question, but I want to ask you anyway. Is there one more meaningful than the other? Uh,
3: You know, no. I, I think yeah. it's <laughs> especially because, you know, both of them were the first in those franchises history. So to be able to bring like that first championship to a city is something special, especially two, two cities that are as attached to their football team as New Orleans and Philadelphia. is. So you know, I think there are two unique fan bases. I think if you want to look at like overall, just the the, the hype and probably the buildup, Philly is a fun place to to win a Super Bowl in, uh, but New Orleans is is not bad either, especially when Mardi Gras was right off the heels of the of the Super Bowl win. So. That celebration was like no other. So I think, you know, for me, uh, they are special in different ways. My role on both of those teams were different. I was very, that was my rookie year for the uh, one with the Saints, where I was more of a, you know, a contributor and kind of a, I was watching these things unfold. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Philadelphia, you know, I was frontline, a captain, uh, very much involved in in the direction of that team. But both obviously have uh, made an impression on me, but, you know, hold a special place
2: for me.
5: You know, Malcolm, when you – during a couple years years back when the whole uh, thing with taking a knee and kneeling happened, you know, it seems like – and this is just from the outside looking in you, – you came out of that relatively unscathed. There's a lot of other individuals that obviously um, – you know, Colin Kaepernick and some other individuals that, um, you know, they, they literally didn't make it back to the league. They literally, literally weren't playing anymore. How was that experience for you after uh, you took a knee and after you were very vocal about that? And and what did you receive any backlash or anything that maybe people don't really necessarily know about?
3: Yeah, I think unscathed is probably <laughs> a light way of uh, putting it. I think Colin was probably the, the only one who really sacrificed his his livelihood. You know, his job he was really affected by what he did everybody else you know either continued their career with kind of you know some eyes on them Uh, but for me i think um one of the things that helped me was i was in an organization that just had the perfect storm there was so much going on politically um in philadelphia you had the example of meek mill in jail while we were going to a super bowl we're winning uh jeff lori's the team owner who Uh, creating an environment where he allowed us to speak our mind and use our platform. So we were able to go a little bit further than than other people. And it wasn't just me. I was surrounded by, you know, Chris Long's, Tori Smith's, the um, uh, Michael, um, Mike Bennett's of the world. So I had people around me as well where some other guys were isolated. So I think it was really just a perfect storm that allowed me to consistently be a voice, to, to consistently take stands because I was supported in uh, and in the right situation.
1: Malcolm obviously the the Eagles came a little short this year against Kansas City and I was really pulling for y'all. I, I thought y'all had this thing one um, what 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 do you got to say about the just the the breakdown from a coverage standpoint, you know, when uh, Kansas City kept hitting those motions and they was I guess we were the Eagles were rolling coverage. What do you think they could have done better to to play those two plays that left two wide open touchdowns? Mm.
3: Well, I think, you know, when early in the game, you play man-to-man and Kelsey just immediately takes over the game, you know, you're shell-shocked from then on. You're going to play a soft zone and make sure that they dink and dunk their way. Um, And if there's anything that we've seen Kansas City uh, able to do is tear apart zones, especially when they have a little bit of time. And I think, you know, I know to my surprise, Patrick Mahomes had way more time in the pocket than I anticipated coming into this game. So when you add, you know, the, the lack of pressure that was, that was made up front with a little bit of soft zone coverage, you can expect that they're going to be completions. And that's what Kansas city does. Well, get the ball to their guys in space uh, and, and make something happen with it. Uh, you know, it was a well-fought game. I thought both teams made adjustments, both team made plays, um, you know, just there at the end, one team made more than the other.
0: Malcolm Latt, you played football your whole life. And then last year, you don't play for the first time after a long NFL career. What was that like? Like, especially when the season started, training camp yeah. started, whatever. What was that like for you?
3: Um, it, it was oddly um, comfortable. <laughs> I got a, <laughs> a little bit, I got a little bit kind of disheveled right around training camp. I didn't know what was happening. It was like late July, and all of a sudden, I just got an urge to work out and get in the gym and get focused and read books. And I'm like, what's going on? Uh, and then uh, one of my uh, teammates, who's also retired, uh, said, "Hey, you know, you, your body's used to getting ready for training camp. That's that's all that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so once you you understand and can identify some of these, you know, urges due to muscle memory, I really, you know, enjoyed this vantage point. Being a fan, watching, you know, kind of these things unfold from a third person view, um, and not being in the mix, not having control of anything that's happening in the game, gives me more anxiety. Like I, I understand mm-hmm. why there's fandom." And why oh, yeah. people, you know, are so tired to the game. And I, to talk- I, I like it. I'm not, I'm not complaining.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's good. It's good to be able to adjust so quickly. Some guys can't. So that's awesome. When you, I want oh, to talk no, about.
3: Take some, some time.
0: Yeah. I want to talk <laughs> yeah. about one of, one of your former teammates, Michael Thomas. Obviously, uh, another Buckeye. He's a great NFL player. Last few years, he's barely played. He's been hurt. Obviously, he wants out of New Orleans. He's a free agent now. Do you think he's got another big season in him? Not just a guy, but like a big, like a lead wide receiver guy?
3: Uh, yeah, I think a big season, you know, is, that's not hard to do when you're Michael Thomas, right? We've seen him be able to just take off. I think the, the biggest question mark to if he can have another season is, can he stay on the field for an entire season? And that's just been really the, the hard part about the last two years is we haven't gotten a complete season from him. But I think when we get a complete season from him, everybody expects for him to be the Michael Thomas that we've seen. Um, you know, his work ethic, his abilities have not changed uh, over those years. You know, we want to see how he looks after after these injuries. But I I think when it comes down to if if that question is answered, that he's available for an entire season, I think he can, he can really um, get back to form to what we're used to.
1: Well, Malcolm, we know, you know, this past year, while you've been, you know, watching the NFL, you also have written a book, uh, What Winners Won't Tell You. Tell us about that process, you know, and what we can expect when we read this book.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, the process is a little bit different (laughs) than than uh, what I've been used to. But one of the good things that I've learned, you know, through the game of football is to take a lot of notes. And um, when you play for as long as I did 13 seasons, but been playing football since I was seven years old, you learn, you know, a life through the game of football Um, and going through the things that I've experienced both in uh, family, on the field, off the field, business. Um, there's so much that I feel like you know, needs to be put in, in context for those who are coming behind me, those who are kind of navigating those same roads. Uh, and so as a bridge builder and uh, a storyteller, you know, I figure what, what better way to then tell through my own story kind of these lessons that I've learned that really put into context what people just saw me come out of uh, in that 13 year career.
5: You know, Malcolm. um, One of the big things that uh, big story was the Demar Hamlin situation. It kind of spawned this this conversation about um, contracts. You know, conversations about healthcare, um, conversations about players. uh, You know, longevity in terms of both of those things after they retire. Um, First and foremost, how did you? um, How were able were you to navigate those waters in terms of your finances Um, and? two, you know, what is the biggest thing that you would tell younger players in terms of money and how to move in their, their, their career? Um, because there is no guaranteed contracts.
3: Yeah, um, man. And the quickest way that I can try to answer these things is that one, um, players have to realize that they have the power to, to get guaranteed contracts that they want. Um, they got to stop asking to the league to give it to them. That's not how negotiations work uh the NBA got it because players band together and decided they weren't going to take contracts that weren't guaranteed it's not in their collective bargaining agreement they didn't negotiate for it they just took it and that's what players can do so that's just on that when it comes to um you know navigating finances realistically I played long enough to make up for the mistakes (laughs) that I made early on Mm. and I think unfortunately that's really the narrative for a lot of guys you know the first contract no matter where you come from what color you are, what your background is—we're just really not prepared to deal with, you know, that amount of assets and things going on while we're still trying to professionally excel. Um, but eventually, you learn. And so, I think the biggest thing that I can tell athletes coming up now is collect—is to talk to each other, to invest with each other. Uh, group economics is something that the ownership does. It's something that people with money do all the time. They share information. They share money. They co-invest. That way, they limit their risk and they get into more different things. But if you go into an NFL locker room, most of the time, talking about money is taboo. It's something that we don't talk about. When we lose wow. money, we'll watch our we'll watch our teammates go to that same person and invest with that same person. We all lose money. We don't collectively do things, and really, that's the key to success. So when you don't know, is you know, you're a rookie, you don't know a lot. Invest or you know, learn from the people that are around you that understand. You know, your nav- your, your networks understand what you're going through and can do things together. That's really the, the easiest way.
5: I didn't even know. That's crazy. So yeah. you mean, it, I, you know, that's, that's the thing that most wealthy individuals do is when you common minded common like this, they usually share like, hey, there's a gr- good investment uh, opportunity right. over here. That's, I, I would never thought that was the case.
0: What if you tried to talk to a younger teammate, like Mount? like when you went back to New Orleans or even in Philadelphia, when you were a veteran by then, if you tried to talk to a teammate, like a rookie or second year guy, would they have not heard you? I mean, like, how would that have gone if you had tried it?
3: Well, I mean, I've, I've talked to guys when they're ready for it. You know, it's it, it comes with education and, and experience. Again, I'm able to talk about it because I have played long enough to yeah. make those mistakes and be able to recover from them. Um, where the majority of our guys. I mean, you're talking about a league where the average player is in it for less than three years. Yeah. So you're trying to educate guys who are literally two years away from retirement. The second they come in, it's a whole, the dynamics are, are way different, you know, and then the the range of, you know, even economics and the status, you got a bare minimum player next to, you know, somebody making a you know, hundred million dollar contract yeah. It's the, the conversations are even different. What right. we're talking about. Yeah how we're able to to even be on different levels, but everybody's in that same locker room and it creates a unique kind of dynamic, even a budget to get paid only at this gap, this time during the year and being able to make that stretch for a lifetime is something that nobody else, but these particular athletes have to deal with and it creates unique problems.
2: Mikey, go ahead, man. Hey Malcolm, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it, man. Uh, Quick question. So you played with Jim Schwartz and Schwartz in his press conference mentioned you as one of his favorite players you ever coach you guys had that coach player relationship where you were an extra coach on the field what goes into kind of developing that relationship with the defensive coordinator coach is it an immediate connection is it developed over three four years and kind of how that formulates into becoming a coach on the field for a certain defensive coordinator
3: yeah i think it comes with um you know for me it took about two seasons with with jim the first one you know i thought he when he first met me i told him i wanted to play the nickel I was probably 215 pounds, you know, and he didn't, he wasn't really familiar with my game. And he just looked at me and said, I was too heavy to play the nickel. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, after a training camp and then after seeing, you know, me move and be able to do things and understanding my process and how much, you know, uh, film I watched, how much preparation, you know, I put into it. He was able to trust the things that I was saying and vice versa. And, and once two people put their ego, egos down, and are more concerned about winning more than they are about being the reason that you win. That's when you can really have like that, that collaboration where players are having input and more ownership in the defense. Uh, Coordinators are able to set them up and put them in positions because players can tell you, hey, what they're good at, what matchups they're feeling good about, what leverage they need. um, And you can, you know, better suit and put them in positions to play fast and keep it simple. And he's been somebody who, you know, I think, uh, is open to that kind of dialogue and relationships and every great defense that I've studied that I've been a part of has always had that ability to take one to two other players or extensions of the coach um, and put them on the field to really have that extra layer of, you know, uh, security on your defense, whether it be for calls or just keeping people lined up.
1: I'm glad that you I'm glad you went there and talked about your experience as a nickel because here at the Cleveland Browns. We got a a little dilemma going on (laughs) at the nickel position. We got three corners all who feels that they want to play outside and I get it because you know, obviously corners you get the big money from playing outside. But when you look at this Cleveland Brown roster, is there a guy that you that you can look at and say he can be like the Malcolm Jenkins of this defense. I don't know how familiar you are with the Browns roster though.
3: Yeah, I won't go too far because I'm not that familiar with, with the secondary, um, but I will say to me, you know, one of the things it, it used to be that, then you know, when you're chasing the bag, like for sure, you want to be considered a corner, but realistically, when you're talking about, you know, your value to a team, and this is kind of how I made my, my claim in this league was the more that you can do, the more valuable you are for a team. If, if you can play the nickel, you're, you know, you're an undersized linebacker, uh, you're playing strong safety at times you're playing corner. That's three different positions that you can occupy at any point in time. So if a linebacker goes down, you're the next person up. If your safety goes down, you're the next person up, corner goes down, you stay on the field. And that makes you more valuable than, you know, your corner who you know you're gonna lose for a game or two throughout the year. And he may only, you know, he may only show up 75% of those games. But if you got a guy that you can always put in positions to dominate, you know, a third receiver, to dominate a tight end or running back. You know, if you're a corner that can do that, the value of that is 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 rising in this league, at least. You look at players like C.J. Garner-Johnson, who I think is a good example of that, uh, being able to start his career in a nickel, make a bunch of plays there, and then all of a sudden, his transition to safety was pretty easy. But he's still a corner who can do all of these different things, and him hitting the market is going to really open that up, I think, for a few people. So the nickel used to be one of those spots where you didn't you didn't want to wear that scarlet letter, but the more you can do, the more valuable you are in this league. Yep.
0: Malcolm, the Browns' defensive line last year was really bad outside of Miles Garrett. Everybody else has struggled. It, they really have, you know, backup caliber players on that line besides Miles Garrett. He's great, but he's getting no help. So, obviously, we want, we all want the Browns to target some of those Eagles defensive linemen. We're thinking, well, they're veterans. They're free agents. I think we got like three free agents on that D-line. Obviously, they all have relationships with Jim Schwartz. Do you think Jim's relationship with those guys, if, assuming the money's in the same ballpark, will be an advantage for the Browns to maybe get one or even two of those guys to come here?
3: Well, I think if, if anything, you've at least got the relationship. Um, but to your point, you've the, these guys are going to are the most valuable that they've ever been in their career, coming yeah. off of the season that that D-line just had. Uh, going all the way to the Super Bowl, you know, that price is going to be nice. So, to get, I think, two of them might be a little a little greedy.
0: Probably. But, uh,
3: <laughs> but I just think, you know, if you're looking at the guys who are out there, they're definitely a decorated bunch, you know, guys who you know can come in and add value from a leadership standpoint, from a productivity standpoint, um, and obviously fit the defense. Um, so, yeah, I think yeah. if I'm Jim, obviously, I'm, I'm looking right there. In Philadelphia to see if I can fill, you know, a void to add some depth on that D line.
5: Now I, we we got to discuss something. We gotta we gotta figure something out. Now, Ohio State, you know, go Bucks. They, you know, the Buckeyes say that they they DB you now. Have be, it, a couple years ago, it used to be in Miami, right? It used to be Miami. They no, to, uh, just, a no, come here. <laughs> <A> couple, <laughs> years ago, so, a couple years ago, so, twenty years like, ago 30, or so. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> See how they talking to you y'all now? old, Now here's what I'm gonna do, man. I need you to name because there's a lot of them. Your, your top five Buckeye DBs. Now you can't use this guy. And you can't put yourself in there. Mm, top mm. five Buckeye. DBs,
3: that's safeties and corners. Y'all got a lot of them. Yeah, I'm gonna go Antoine Winfield. Okay, Marshawn Lattimore. Great. Uh, you gotta go to the great Jack Tatum. Yes. But if I didn't want to go there, I could always go Sean Springs. Yep. We can go and you know kill Killer Mike Doss uh, from the national championship. Y'all remember him well. Uh,
0: Steve <laughs> Bush played high I, oh, school. Oh,
5: with, oh, played in high school. That's one him. of my best friends. Shout out to Mike Doss. <laughs> and I don't know how they let Mike Doss get a dark shield.
3: They let you get I it off too before it's
1: time. <laughs> I, don't I don't know did. how they pulled that. How you get that off?
3: I'm just saying, you know, you gotta know people. You know <laughs> uh, man, you know, I mean, we—I feel like we put a first rounder out almost every drive, if yeah, not dude. every other drive. So yeah, you know, yeah, Y'all I there. think when you just look at it, you know, how many we put in, it's—it's it's really only LSU is in the other conversation. Yeah, that's um, what I was gonna say. Yeah, but nah, anybody else is—is is, is all cap. It's—it's it's really it's Ohio State and LSU. Um, and and quite frankly obviously you know where i lean and i think even but if you talk about longevity i think you know that list goes on and on uh for decades it wasn't just the last 10 20 even 30 years for Ohio State. we've been putting dbs
0: out uh like a factory for sure what's your go-to pizza joint in piscataway
3: man i uh i gave up uh cheese a long time ago so i've been real weird with my pizzas Uh, i get it with no cheese but, I mean, I was always a Stelton, uh, Stelton. it's a pizzeria on Stelton Road, Piscataway, um, just, just close, to, close to the neighborhood. That was the closest one.
2: Malcolm, you played with Cleveland native Jason Kelsey for a while in Philadelphia. He's quite the character. You got any uh, Jason Kelsey stories you can share with us real quick? Maybe your favorite? <laughs> uh,
3: plenty. Um, no, nah, I think my favorite Kelsey story is after the Super Bowl, you know, the parade going down Broad Street, we all started on these, you know, tour buses, um, and about halfway through, I looked to my right and Kelsey's crowd surfing on his back.
0: That's crazy. In a full moment
3: down Broad Street. I was like, you know what? That is a, that is fitting for not only our team, but for Jason specifically. Yeah, it was, it was natural for him.
0: When we had the, when the Cavs won the championship with LeBron in 2016, Cleveland had not ha- like that was the first championship in like 60 years in Cleveland. So we couldn't for our parade for the parade here. You could the, the parade was delayed by a, like an hour because like we didn't have we didn't have like what are those things called the the blue uh, like panels you put to keep the crowd it's on the barricades. Left. The barricades, good thing of the word. Like we didn't even have them. People were just in the street; like you couldn't even get down.
5: Unprepared, just. I think
0: LeBron was starving by the time he got to the end. Man, nobody—he couldn't get any food. He couldn't get anything to drink. It was crazy, but it was wild. Those things are nuts. What was that like being a part of the parade? Being in the parade, both times. Man,
3: yeah, the first time was was similar to that. I think the parade route was maybe maybe three quarters of a mile, uh, and it took us four or five hours to get through. (laughs) Uh, mm. you know, it was crazy the second time I was more prepared. I understood what was coming. I made sure I got a counter or a car alcohol on my bus specifically. So we didn't have to make runs in the, in between because they don't, you know, they don't give you things uh, on those floats. It's just, it's just water. So we had to make it a little bit more fun. But, uh, yeah, this time, the second time around I was well prepared, had yeah. everything ready, had a good time, took it all in. The fans were crazy and it's a straight route down broad street, you know, people on the roofs on on signs, poles, trees. (laughs) Uh, It's a crazy scene. Let me let me let me ask you this. What is your
1: thoughts on the current state of Ohio State right now? Mm. I got to know got to be Michigan.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's I think, you know, our concern for the lab we've been spoiled, you know, getting really close to these natties and 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 thinking about the playoffs And, and even when we've had some, you know, our defense wasn't right for a little bit, you know, things weren't right, but we were cool because we're always competing, but we weren't losing to Michigan. And now dropping two in a row is, mm. is just unacceptable. So I think that's really the first, you know, goal is, is show and prove there. And then we can have a conversation about, you know, all of the other semantics and smaller things. But we're not used to being on that. It's been a while since we've been on this end of it. Um, and uh, that's got to change. That's why I
1: like you because somebody yeah. asked me that question on the Buckeye Cruise, and I said exactly what you just said.
3: Hey, we forget <laughs> the rest of it is just semantics until we get that done because yeah. if we can't get past the team up north, then uh, we got bigger problems.
0: Not are you interested in coaching?
3: No, not right now. Uh, yeah. You know, I tell everybody I left the game of football with uh, money still on the table. Uh, so if I wanted to work really, really hard, uh, I would have just kept playing <laughs> right now. They put in a lot of time um, and, and they take a lot of time away from their family. And I think that's really the antithesis of what I'm trying to do right now. But I do, I do know that I have, you know, a, an affinity for the game. I've got a ton of knowledge um, that I love to kind of share, especially to, to younger players. Teaching and coaching is something I'm passionate about. But right now, I don't know that
0: it's um,
3: it's in the stars for for this period of my life.
0: Malcolm, last thing, what was your reaction? Two part question. When what, what was your reaction when the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson, and gave him the new contract that was all guaranteed, and Brown and, and do you think this year we will see the Deshaun Watson that we saw in Houston?
3: Uh, I think the reaction is it was the my normal reaction to any team that I see make moves like that, uh, this is a team that's desperate to win and is, is, is going for it, right? Yeah. They're not shy about it, not going to, you know, pull any punches, um, which is fine. I think, you know, the expectations are going to be un- unbelievably high on Deshaun. And I think even now, we're glorifying maybe what we even saw from him, you know, in Houston. I thought he's, you know, is, is definitely a quarterback who can lead your team, especially when you build things around him. But he's still a quarterback with a lot of things that needs to be developed um, and, and things that we have yet to see kind of take that next leap. I think his, his legs and his athletic ability give him a huge room, a huge margin for error. But as we know, you know, in this league, uh, to be competitive long term, we're going to have to see a lot of those other things develop. Um, and, and, and that comes with building around him. That comes with being on a system that keeps him protected, keeps him in good situations. And also the the development from his own uh self as a as a player. And I think that's just yet to be
0: seen. Great stuff, Malcolm. We really appreciate it taking time, man. That Thanks, awesome. appreciate Thanks you, so Malcolm. Much, Malcolm.
3: Appreciate go you. Thanks so much, Malcolm. Go Bucks. No Bucks. There you go. Hey,
2: real, real, real quick. So Malcolm mentioned No Moreno. Yeah. The one year of Little League football, Pop Warner I played, No Moreno and Donald Brown were on my team in the same backfield. Two of them. So they right? so on right? first round pick of the Colts. Yeah. they won it all, is what you're saying. Uh, No, we were terrible, ironically.